I really want some folks here to sit down and get relaxed. So I can actually take your photo. I don't want you coming to church and you leaving the same way you came through the door. But I want you coming through the door. Bring your problems. But I have a word here that can deliver and destroy a lot of your issues. Mm-hmm. If you allow the word of God to destroy those issues. Mm-hmm. The word of God is very conditional. God says, I'll do this if you do that. Come on. Yep. So, it's a possibility that someone in here will not get blessed today and delivered from your issues. Because it's a possibility that you will take your issues right back home with you. It's something about the Word of God talks about bringing your issues to the altar. When you come to the altar, and that's God today. God, I bring my issues to you, and because I know that you're a deliverer, because I know that all things, and I know, and I know. You see, last Sunday we talked about the first part of Romans 8:28 is, and I know, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to His purpose. Yes. So I want you to take a moment, and whatever your problem is. Mm-hmm. I want you to say, and I know, you don't have to say it out loud, but then folks know your business, then they, they get on social media, and they'll tell everybody that you're dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff, you're dealing with drugs, you're dealing with pornography, you're dealing with lying, you're dealing with gossiping, you're dealing with, they'll go all through the list, and they'll put you out there. So, if you don't want to say it out loud, say it within your spirit. And I know that my bill that I left home with is going to be taken care of. Amen. And I know. Yeah, I know. See, this is your time. It's not just the pastor, but I'm leading you. Mm-hmm. And I know that the issue I have in church, in the building, with such and such, I know it's going to be worked out. And I know my child trying to get into college is going to be worked out. And I know that job that I need in order to feed my family and, 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 and give my family not just some of their needs, but some of their wants. Amen. You see, ain't nothing wrong with pulling up in the lot out there with a new car. That's right. It ain't nothing wrong with being able to go shop sometimes. Not sometimes. <laughs> and get your new dress or a new pair of shoes Uh-oh. put on and come to church. Did he tell it? And I know that my children are going to be saved. You see, there's something about the new school. They don't want to pray and claim things that they don't see. Mm -hmm. The new school wants to go based off of what we see. Mm -hmm. We don't want to understand that faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Faith is merely you can't see it. But you can achieve it. Why? Because it's all about what you believe in your relationship with God. But it's something about saying, and I know that this ministry will increase, will be productive, and I know. You see, these are things that I talk to God about. And I know 
that my children will be healthy and whole, and I know that my church will be healthy and whole, and I know that God loves me so much He's yet to see me begging bread. I'm not going to have an issue out here trying to figure out where I'm going to get food from the day of tomorrow. But, and I know, this is the God that I serve. This is the mighty God that I serve, and this is why I have trouble. But I understand it, because sometimes we can't get off of this year in order to give God praise. But we'll get off of this year to make sure we go give the man 40 hours a week. So we'll come to church and we'll say, what's my time to relax and rest? No, baby, it's your time to come into the house and act plum crazy. <laughs> because what's waiting on you out there, Amen. trust me, going to put you in all kinds of places of panic, fear, paralyzing some of you where you can't even, you, you're dealing with depression and everything else. It's things out there waiting on you. And his name is called Satan. Uh -huh. And his whole job here, and we're going to go right back. I'm still talking about the strategies of Satan. Because some of you don't see the devil. And the devil is living with some of y'all right in your home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some of y'all have to go home to Satan. Some of you have to ride out of here with Satan. Some of you have to sit Besides Satan in church. <laughs> you think because it's not a physical body you, there's a spiritual warfare going on right around you. Mm -hmm. You can't figure out some days, but it's nothing wrong. I just feel blah. I've been people that ever felt blah. Yes. The pastor's felt blah. Yes. And I've had to say, oh, devil, I see you for who you are in your spiritual realm. You can't have, there's nothing wrong. Bills paid, wife acting like she's supposed to. <laughs> I'm acting like I'm supposed to. It takes two to take, though. That's right. Children acting like they're supposed to. But yet, still, I might feel blocked. What's going on? Oh, it's a spiritual warfare. Understand and know the battle that you can't always see it, but it's present. And it's prevalent. You can't always understand it, but it's there. So that's why you got to understand and know who this devil is. And last week, I, I took the second Corinthians chapter 11 and the third verse. And some of you that want to just browse back there for a second, because my main texture is going to come out of Mark, once again, chapter 4, 1 through 9. But Paul said, I fear in second Corinthians. That somehow mm -hmm. the devil is going to lead some of you all astray mm -hmm. by your thoughts. Come on. Oh, my God. It is so powerful that the Lord said, Mike, you got to revisit that again this Sunday. Every one of us sitting here today, we have a path. What's your path today? As I told you last Sunday, the path of Jesus was suffering. And obedience. I believe we all have a path of being obedient, regardless of what else is on that path. But his two things that Jesus, Jesus' life here on earth wasn't glamorous. His life here on earth wasn't made up of pomp and circumstance and folk just falling down and saying, Here come the Messiah from the day that he was born. Think about it, Jesus was a baby just like us. 
His ministry didn't start until he was 30 years old. His ministry actually consisted of three, three and a half years of actually ministry. So imagine he went through some of the same things that you and I go through every day. Yet and still, he knew this path that I have to partake. It ain't going to always be easy, but it would be worth it all. So some of you sitting here, when you go through different things, when you deal with certain issues, the Bible speaks that, and it says that you're going through nothing that somebody else haven't already went through. Mm -hmm. And we're going to call him Jesus today. But not just Jesus, but other folk that made it your forefathers. Your grandparents, your great, 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 keep on going down the line. I can't imagine, we call this Black History Month. I can't imagine being beaten. Mm -mm. I can't imagine being strung up to a tree. I can't imagine. See, it often brings me to tears when I think about our forefathers. I can't imagine, you see, we'll tell all the good stuff. Who invented the stoplight? We'll tell the good stuff of how folk, and it was so excellent yesterday. My brother Jordan Bell came and he did a black history program and he gave such history on Roanoke. Mm -hmm. Dr. Cox, yeah. wonderful job, but he did a he gave great history on things I didn't know right here on Gilmer Avenue. Yes. Some of the greatest people in the world lived on Gilmer Avenue in Roanoke, Virginia. Mm -hmm. Some of your diplomats. Some of your folk that did great things right here in Rona and all around the country, folk were coming to Rona. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what they experienced. I can't imagine not being able to drink out the same fountain as someone else because I'm not their color. You see, some of these things we take for granted because we don't have to deal with them. So therefore, you don't even think about it. You're, you just kind of go on through life like, I'm good, you know what? I can't imagine having to go in the back door, can't go in the front door like other folk. You see, there's a lot I can't imagine because my mindset don't even want to go there. I can't imagine being beaten because I didn't pick enough cotton. I can't imagine a lot of things we take for granted. Some of you go to work and you sit down and you're on your cell phone. I can't imagine the boss beating you because he catch you around the corner on your cell phone. I can't imagine him and Jay doing that. I, I wouldn't have no workers. They, they'd fight. Oh, your pastor might be shot. I don't know, but I can't imagine. See, we bring it to this year. I can't imagine. So Paul was, he was saying, I, I'm, I'm in this place where I fear. He said, I fear that you all will be led astray by your thoughts the same way that he deceived Eve. So how did he deceive Eve today? He deceived Eve because Satan came to Eve and he said, did God tell you you couldn't eat from that tree? See, this is how he comes. He comes subtle. He comes in an in a indirect way a lot of times. Learn what, when the Bible calls Satan crafty, Learn what the definition of craftiness means. It means you are skillful in achieving whatever it is you want to. And you see it to the end in an indirect, subtle, but an underhanded way. 
Listen to it. I'm going to say it again. When someone says you're crafty, and the Bible says say you're crafty, it means that he's skillful. So that little stuff you think you got, oh, I can out in him today. I ain't a big problem. I can do this and get away with it. Mm, wrong. He's skillful. He has an art. And to break it down and make it real simple, he has such a skill that he can trick you if he wants to every time. He has such a skill that it says he achieves, means he accomplishes. Whatever he set out to do, he accomplishes. And he does it in an underhanded way. He don't come at you the right way. He come at you in a way that it's something about when somebody do you wrong and, and it just say you befriended somebody and they do you wrong, you feel like they just took a knife and stuck you right in your back. Mm-hmm. He comes at you in the most heinous. He come at you in your girlfriend, your boyfriend. He come at you in your money. He come at you in, in things in your mind. And that's where the battlefield is. It's right here in the mind. He wants to get you so complacent. He wants to get you so off guard. He wants you not to even realize that love really ain't true. If you got somebody in your life and they got your back, he wants you to see them for something they're not. He wants you to look at your problems because he wants a lot of superficial people. And I'm going to give you that in Mark here in just a second. He wants a lot of superficial people, meaning that everything is really on the outside. There's no substance. There's no realness on the inside. Everything about you is this, oh, i got to let people see that, you know what, i got to dress a certain way. i got to have my hair a certain way. i got to do this and do that. But when you get home, mm-hmm. it's a whole different person. He wants you superficial. He wants superficial relationships. He wants superficial people in the church, in the body of Christ, so that there's no substance. Because I'm going to show you something about when there's no substance, when you have no root, when you don't take root in the ministry, when you don't take root in the word of God, you can easily be plucked away. Folk that said they'd never stop going to church quit because of an issue. They quit because of pandemic. They quit because of stuff. One thing you got to understand about stuff when God says, seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And then all these things should be added unto you. When God says that, God's not concerned about your stuff. You're concerned about your stuff. So a lot of your stuff will keep you, if you're not careful, from coming to church. A lot of your stuff will keep you from serving God. A lot of your stuff will keep you from having real relationships. They'll be superficial because it's based off of stuff. It's based off of what can you do for me? Janet Jackson, see, I'm, I'm back in that era there. Some of y'all, my age, right in that time frame. She had a song that was, you know, Tina Turner had another one come out. What's love got to do with Those songs are real. That's right. What's love got to do with it? What have you done for me lately? Well, I'm going to give that to Jesus today. What have you done for Jesus lately? That's right. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Mm-hmm. For God so loved you and me, the world. You see, when you, you got to understand that passage there. When God so loved the world, he wasn't just talking about people. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about in Corinthians how the world is, is, is having birth pains. 
The world, the world, things that you're seeing out here, even the creation. God created it, and he did no wrong. Even creation is ready for this stuff to be done and over with. Yes, it is. We don't like war, but certain things got to they're mm -hmm. foretold in the word of God, and they have to happen. It has to happen. Certain things have to happen, people. That's right. So I'm talking about a pathway today. I'm trying to keep you on the pathway. What is your pathway? What is it that you know? This is my purpose in life, and I'm going to stay on it. Do you know your purpose today? Yes. I'm going to stay on it come hell or high water. I'm going to stay on it whether my family follow me. I'm going to stay on it whether my husband or wife walk away from me. I'm going to stay on it whether my boyfriend or girlfriend walk away from me. I'm going to stay on it even if my children look at me and say, I ain't nothing to that. I don't know about that. I don't even know if God exists. But I'm going to show you something in the word of God today. For some of these naysayers, for some of these people that don't believe, the Bible says even the demons, y'all yeah. better get serious about this walk. Even the demons believe. In God. Right. But you got folk out here saying, well, I don't know if God exists. I don't know. The demons believe in God. And I'll show you some of y'all believe more in demons than you believe in God. You don't have to raise your hand every time. Oh, and don't let the house get dark. What's <laughs> that? You don't call on Jesus. You start trying to find somebody to grab hold to. Some of us believe more in stuff that we can't see that's tied to the devil than we believe in the God. Well, I don't I can't see God, but you don't see the devil per se in this. But you'll believe in. Oh, I use that. Now, trust me, it's something about nighttime mm -hmm. when these eyes can't see. Mm -hmm. You laying in a bed and you feeling stuff and seeing stuff and glory and you and some of y'all old folk. <laughs> old means that you're not a child. So I'm gonna say old folk today means anybody past the age of about 16, 17, 18. You have the audacity to hide under the covers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, that's wonderful. You can quote scripture. What do you mean? 
Well, it's going to work out for you. People start knowing what you're reading. Start digesting it. Stop just keeping it superficial on the outside and start letting it get on the inside. Right. And I know, no matter what I go through, I don't understand how it's going to work out, but and I know it's going to work out. And it's going to be for my good. So understand what for my good means. It don't mean it's going to work out the way you want it all the time. But it's going to work out for a way that you might not see it on Monday, but by Friday, by the following week or the following month or the following year, you will see that, oh, Lord, dear God, I'm so glad God didn't let me have what I wanted because I see now this is what really he wanted for me, and I didn't even know it. That's right. It's so important to let God, let God, let God just lead you. Let God when you're driving, I do this quite often driving, and I'll be just saying, God, which way you want me to go? And I know I typically go right, but if you tell me to go left, I go left, and I just roll with it. Amen. It's every facet of our life. Maybe it's an accident waiting on you. Maybe, you know what, right around the corner, that was the time that Satan has strategized to take you out. He wants you off your pathway. Understand, his strategy today is to try to get us not just y'all, but Pastor Mike as well. How can I get Pastor Mike off of his path? What is your path today? What is your purpose? Why are you here? You're not here just to exist. Because according to the word of God, he said, Jesus came so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So if you have abundant life, it's meaningful. It's purpose to your life. It's joyful. That first song we sung, and it's eternal. Joy. Joy. Some of y'all need to smile. Some of y'all, I thank God. I went in the Home Depot the other day, and the manager, you know, I know quite a few of them over there, and he was like, man, I'm so glad you need this mask off and smile. I said, it's beautiful to see a smile. Amen. There's something about a smile. I can tell some of you, if I really wanted to stand here today, and, if I, and, if, and I was a false prophet, I can look at some of you and tell you that you're just going through mere hell, pure hell at home. You came to church out of loyalty and dedication, but I am struggling. I am sad. I am upset. I'm a, I am allowing my circumstance to dictate my presence. Something's wrong with that picture. You're letting stuff run you. You're letting stuff dictate your happiness. You're letting stuff See, I get excited when I have this go off sometimes. I, I was watching myself on a few videos and I'm like, I just can't talk normal for so long. Because I'm excited. I'm excited that I want your life to change. It ain't just about me. I come to you all and I preach to you every Sunday, Wednesday night, because I want your life to change, because I know if your life changes, Trust me, the church changes. If your life changes, let's go a little bit further. If your life changes, the ministry changes. Yeah. If your life changes, That's true. Amen. then Amen. your community changes. That's right. If your life changes, your home changes. Yes. If your life changes, you see little Junior that's growing up watching you with your nastiness. And you say, I'm sanctified. And the little kids say, no, you sanctified. <laughs> Mama, daddy ain't sanctified. They heard about it. This is all I saw for years. <laughs> Don't 
this, you see me, I'm expected. And we're going to go there. I'm trying to get there. Increase in production should be in every one of your lives here. If the word of God is truly being sown in your life. Listen what the enemy wants to take, how he wants to take you off your path, how he wants to really affect you. The enemy wants to, he wants to take and choke out your faith. He don't want you getting the word and keeping the word. Because he knows that if you keep the word of God, it's going to produce faith in your life. It's something about when you hear it and you read it, it's going to put something, establish something in your life that nobody can take away from you. No matter what the boss say, no matter what the bills say, if you believe that God got you, God got you. At some point in, in my children's lives, I could tell them I'll be there or I'm going to do this. And they looked up and believed me no matter what they saw. Most children have more faith than adults. Because of something about through the years, you get messed over. Yep. You get people lie to you. Yep. People just do you wrong. Mm -hmm. He said he loved you, he did, <coughs> but he never came back. <laughs> he said, she said she loved you, but just didn't give you what you wanted. We allow people to just tear up that belief system that's inside of us. And it's there as a young child. That child is looking up to mom and dad saying, I don't care what happened, I know you got me. So that's how your relationship should be with God. I don't care what comes hell or high water. This path that you put me on, I'm going to stay on this path. I know you got me. I know you got me. I know you got me on Monday. I know you got me on Tuesday. I know you got me on Wednesday. I know you got me on Sunday. Whatever the day is. Yeah. You got to know he's not going to leave you alone. He said, I'll never leave you alone. I'll never forsake you. That enemy comes to sow doubt. Every time from now when you see doubt in your life, know that it's the enemy at work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's you at work. Mm -hmm. It ain't always put on the devil. It ain't always the devil. He sits back and takes credit. But when you see doubt in your life, I don't care what it is. You know the word of God has told you what God will do. But you say, well, I don't know. That's doubt right there. That's how the devil came to Eve. And he came to Eve with that. Did God tell you, you can't really eat from that tree? Surely, was he? Come on, Eve. It ain't that big of a deal. He came in a soul. And then he comes out with the next biggest lie. Did he say you're going to surely die? That's how he do with us. So Paul said, I'm, I fear that somehow you all will be led astray like Eve was. Second Corinthians chapter 11, third verse. I fear that you're going to be led astray, led out of the ministry. Led in the street where you think they got your back, but they don't. Some of us, we don't come to church. We stay at home and we do things, and our life gets no better. But let me tell you what happens. He plays with your mind. He makes you think that it's okay to sit at home and not go somewhere. And to a Bible-based ministry, I ain't talking about just coming out of church. See, it's nice to have praise and worship up here, but you need some word. That's right. <laughs> it's nice to have praise and worship. Get your groove on. Do your thing. That's why I say you should be having crazy when you come in here. 
I'm looking for some people to run around the church and other people be like, what the what? Maybe <laughs> some of y'all, y'all gonna do something else, but what the what is what Christians do? <laughs> but I'm looking for y'all to say, man, Deacon is too crazy. She run around the church every Sunday. <laughs> Look like she's gonna do a cartwheel all of a sudden. <laughs> Get radical for Jesus. Why? He woke you up. You, I could be eulogizing somebody. He woke you up. It could be that somebody gave y'all the message and Lady Monique is at home just going plum crazy. Pastor Mike ain't here no more. Y'all don't know when your last second is going to be. I give you a message today that you better stop letting stuff dictate your happiness. Right. For the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. So some of you that don't have strength is because you don't know what true joy is. You don't know how to connect with God. You're so connected to the world. That's good. Woo! That's good. That's good. You're so connected to stuff to this running your everyday life. And I'm going to show you something. See, I'm trying to get there. You can actually believe in God and not be saved. Yep. And for the naysayers, I just told you that the demons even believe in God. They ain't saved. That's good. That's good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. that's good. Oh, that's where we're going. Don't try to get ahead of me. That's one of my scriptures I'm giving you today. James speaks of it. And what he says in that passage is that he says, faith without works is dead. So you can believe and come to church in God and not be saved. Because there's something about when you believe, you got to attach it to works. He wasn't talking about salvation. Because salvation is a gift. But even when you accept Christ in your life, you just, you got to do something. You got to say, Father, come on in. Because he's a gentleman. He ain't going to make you do nothing. That's right. He's not going to force his way in your life like some of us do without children. No, you're going to do this or else. God don't do that. He sit back and watch you act a fool and do all your stuff. And he's like, I'm waiting for you. I got a better life. That's right. I got a better life for you. I got a path for you. And on this path, it might not be glamorous. All that glitters ain't what? No. It might not be glamorous. It might not be like your neighbor who never goes to church, gets up on Sunday morning, and washes two cars, work around the house. I got to get ready for money. Why are you coming out driving your broke down vehicle? <laughs> While you get to church, you praise God and you try to figure out well, how I'm gonna give a tithe and offering sometime. You try to figure a lot of things out in life, and, and what the enemy does is he throws the glitziness, he throws the the worldly advantages in front of you to say, "Huh?" Because I'm coming at you. Remember now, I take you to the beginning. He's skillful when he says he's crafty. He's skillful in achieving. To one's end in an underhanded manner in an indirect way. Mm -hmm. 
So if he got to come through your girl, your boy, your church, if he got to come through your best friend, he trying to mess your mind up. And what he trying to do when he mess your mind up is he wants you to say, ain't nothing going to church. My life's still the same. Ain't nothing going to church. I got people out here in the street treat me better than the people in the church. Devil is a lie. You just ain't found the right church. <laughs> Come on, the new generation. One thing about it, I can't stop some stuff happening. But when I find out about some stuff, I protect my people. Thank you. Don't come up in here. I'm glad I'm out. I, I think I'm live. Don't come up in here thinking you're going to abuse people of God in this ministry. It ain't okay. I don't care. Don't use Hickamacide. Don't use uh, the, the scripture. Because we got some folk in church that will use scripture to abuse people. That's true. And then you wonder why they don't want to come back. It's our job to show love. And see, love comes in a different, in so many different ways. Love comes in understanding people when certain things happen, and certain people do things. Love comes in a manner that, you know what, you, you, you got to know how to talk to people. Love comes in a manner that in the ministry, we need to be examples. We need to show folk love in spite of. Oh, yeah. Church better get it together. It's going to be some people that some of y'all has been in the way for a long time. When that day come of redeeming, of going back with the Lord, some of y'all will be sitting saying, no, 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 I should be there. And I don't want it for you. And this is why I cry out and I scream and I holler and I calm down and I come back up. It's because I do believe it's a better way for all of us. I do believe it's a better way for all of us. If you're sitting here today, I do believe that this is the best day of your life. This is the best day of your life, Elder. This is the best day of your life, Mo. This is the best day of your life, Deacon. This is the best day of your life, Bryce. This is the best day. And Deacon don't want you to believe that it's the best day. But this is the best day of your life. Yes. And only you can live this life. Yes. Only you can live this life. Yes. Amen. Your mama can't live it for you. Your daddy can't live it for you. But this is the best day of Pastor Mike's life. I don't care what I walk in the church with. I hear something attack me in the middle of the week. <laughs> and I said, the devil is alive. For about 12 hours. Shut me down. Mm -hmm. I looked at the guys on the job and I said, I got to go. Mm -hmm. For about 12 hours. Mm -hmm. Looked like everything inside of me was just going somewhere else. And all of a sudden, like a switch turn. Bam. I know it's an attack on the end. You all is real. But we'll blame everything on Oh, well, maybe you had coronavirus. Maybe you had this flu. Maybe you had this. We will always attach the world to everything that's going on instead of seeing that a lot of it is spiritual warfare. Oh, somebody don't believe me. See, God, I thank you. I'm going to go a different way, but you give me, come back, come back there. 
right. I want y'all to go with me too. Turn your Bible to the book of Luke. I want y'all to see this. Because some people don't believe something. Luke 13, 16. Luke 13, 16. Woo! God, you are just awesome. Luke 13, 16. I want y'all to see something. Some of y'all probably been reading over. Some of you ain't never read. Luke chapter 13. 16th verse. My God. <laughs> That's real. It says, So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, listen people, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years being loose from this bond on the Sabbath. 18 years she had a issue where she couldn't stand up straight. And the Bible said Satan did it to her. That's what I'm trying to get you to see here. Satan did it to her. But Jesus loosed her. But what I'm trying to get you to see that the prince of the air, he has power. He don't have the ultimate power. Because I don't preach that Satan has all this power where he can just do things and God can't do nothing about it. No, no, no. God allows him to do whatever he is. And it's for a reason. But for 18 years, could you imagine maybe being like this? 18 years. You can't stand up. You bent over. 18 years. And it says Satan did it to him. And I'm going to show you another one. Go to Acts 10 38. Somebody need to see this. You don't need to just hear me preach today. I want you to see this. Acts 10 38. When you see certain things going on, you better reach out to God and say, God, is this you? Are you allowing this to happen to me? Or my loved one or my family or whatever? But your prayer needs to change, folks. It don't need to be running a Lewis Gale is the first thing. You need to be praying while you're getting the Lewis Gale. Amen. Amen. That's right. Woo! Here we go. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. He was healing folk that had been oppressed by who? The devil. Sometimes we read stuff and we really don't care. That's, That's why right. I, I really gotta stay there for a second. Who's doing the damage here? The devil. The devil. Who's oppressing you sometimes? The devil. Who's causing certain infirmities and things to happen in your life like Pastor Michael? I think it was Wednesday. Who is behind a lot of it? The devil. Some of y'all don't want to be, oh no, I'm saved, sanctified, and God is in my life, and the devil can't do nothing to me. That's not true. That's what they used to teach. Glory be to God. See, I believe in giving it to you in black and white. You can't argue with me. You can argue with the word. That's right. But you can't argue with me because I brought it out the Bible. It's the devil that 
will lay some things in your life at your door. And this is why you got to make sure that you are so connected to God at all times that you have such a relationship that you can understand certain things that's happened in your life. You can understand that this is bigger than just me. It's some stuff that's going on all around me and it has nothing to do with just the physical part, but it's spiritual. Spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities. Spiritual ah, divination. We wrestle against the things, a lot of things you can't see. So here we go again. <laughs> y'all stop running every time y'all hear something in your house. If you're in somebody else's house, you never know what's going on. You might want to get up out of there. <laughs> but in your house, where you pay the mortgage, stop running every time you hear something at night. I think they're putting their hands here. Woo! All right, so now let's try Mark. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be able to get through Mark because I don't believe in teaching you so long that some of you just forget all about what's being said but you think about dinner and everything else. <laughs> but open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. 1 through 9. As a matter of fact, we're going to skip the 1 through 9 because what I gave you last Sunday, the 1 through 9 tells it to you about seeds being sown along the wayside and, you know, what happens, you know, that the birds came along and they got. But I'm going to take you down to the bottom here. That's going to try to explain it for some of you all now. In the 14th verse, where it starts now, he explains one through nine because he figured some of you all would get parables. See, the parable, Jesus gave the parables to his people. But he knows that all of us need understanding. So, some of y'all that don't claim to be saved, don't claim to hear God, don't claim, you need to hear the word of God explained to you. So that you can change your life. Amen. Say that amen again. Amen. So the 14th verse says, The sword sows the word. That's the seed. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. And as I'm going, I want you to underline some things or, or highlight it if you, if you don't mind doing this in your Bible. When they hear, here's one you need to under, underline. Satan comes immediately, immediately, underline that, and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. It's something about that that some folk overlook. Where was the word sown? In their hearts. I'm going to tell y'all about some people here today that even though the word is in their heart, they still fell to the wayside. Mm -hmm. Some people say, oh, the, never, the word never got in them. Oh, yes, it did, according to the scripture here. The word got inside of them. They embraced what they heard. But it's something they didn't have. They were superficial. So, 16 verse. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, here we go again, hear the word. Immediately, underline that, receive it, underline that, with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, so endure only for a time. Endure only for a time. After which, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Listen to that. 
They stumbled because of stuff, persecution and tribulation. And it said for the word's sake. It wasn't for their own stuff out there. It was for the word. Because of, 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 of living a certain way, their character was weak. Folks, we need some people in church, in the ministry, that you have strong character. This is what this is talking about. When persecution and tribulation, for a word's sake, for the sake of the word, they fell to the wayside. They fell because of their character was weak. They were superficial. It was about the stuff. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. Once again, hear the word. Hear the word. People are hearing the word. You're here today hearing the word. And listen to this. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, oh boy, and the desires for other things, the desires for other things covers everything. The desires for other things. Woo! Entering in, choke the word, and it becomes what? Unfruitful. So the word is inside of you, but it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Because you won't let it do what it's supposed to do. So it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Glory be to God. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Faith will reveal itself with works. If you have faith, there's something about it. I can tell Lady Mo I love her all day long. So if I don't put some action to it, Meaningless. See, love is a in the in the verb form is an action, and we need some folk with character, folk that that come hell or high water, come persecution, come tribulation. You gonna say, "I got this." I don't care what's going on in my life. I got this. You see, we got a lot of folk in church that are spiritually damaged or spiritually dead. Spiritually damaged or spiritually dead. And we got a few nurses in the house. <laughs> There's some folk in the house need CPR. Cardiopulmonary resuscitation. You need to be resuscitated. And when we do this in the spiritual form, the spiritual realm, CPR, commit, pray, and repent. Commit, pray, and repent. <laughs> We got it together with the flesh. You fall out for somebody that know how to do CPR. They get on and start giving you some. But what's happening to a lot of us spiritually? We're dead or damaged, and we don't know how to call for that CPR. Commit to God. Sell out to God, no matter what. Pray. Get some prayer time in your life. And repent. That's how simple it is. You can every time you think about CPR now, commit, pray, repent. God, this is what I need in order to be successful. This is what I need in order to have a meaningful, purposeful, joyful, eternal life. This is what it means when you said, "I am going to have 
abundant life. It has nothing to do with stuff, but it has something to do with the knowledge of God. Amen. It's because I have knowledge of you, God, is why my life is so meaningful. Oh, because I have knowledge of you. I know your word said you will supply me with all of my needs yes. according to your riches yes. in glory. According to your word in Philippians chapter 4, it says, I can do all things which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I can do all things. You see, somebody here got to get that in your spirit today. Somebody here needs to be spiritually awakened. And you can't always count on a pastor to lay a hand on you in order to get CPR. You may fall out at home by yourself and nobody's there to do the chest compressions, but guess what? It's something about God that no matter where you are, CPR is right there on the spot. No matter where you are in your spiritual life, God is saying, I got you, baby. No matter where you are, you sit here every Sunday, but it's something in your life that just keeps you bound. But I gave you scripture there. But God said that Jesus came through and he loosed those that were bound by Satan. This is the power that God has. Jesus went through and asked those that were oppressed, healing those. This is the God that I serve today. This is the God, people, I, I give to you today. Somebody's life needs to be changed. Is it anybody in this ministry today, in this building today, that want to give your life to Christ? If you do, I'm going to tell you to get up and come to the front. You see, I'll stop my message mm -hmm. yeah. so that I can lead you to Christ. Amen. I'll stop my message. It's time out for a lot of empty words. Yes. Somebody, you're sitting here, you've been living empty words. You've been living that superficial life, and you ought to be tired. Yes, yes, yes. I'm tired of just acting the part. Because the pastor said, faith without works is dead. Yes. If I don't do something, because he said even the demons. Mm -hmm. Somebody need to see that. James 2.19. <laughs> I don't want to just keep telling you. James 2.19. Mm -hmm. You believe that there is one God, you do well. But even the demons believe and tremble. And you go a few verses back for somebody. That I want you to make this note. In the 17th verse, it says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. Because even the demons believe. In their intellectual place, you can think demons are dumb. <laughs> they have an intellectual belief in who God is. They know He exists. They know that He is all powerful. They know the Bible here. Look at that verse. Here, it says, "Even the devil, even the devil, the demons tremble." Yes. They tremble because of the authority and the power that God has. Amen. You'll never see where God trembles at no demons. That's right. But you'll see the demons tremble. So when these people sit around here talking, I don't know if God's real, but you believe in the devil. Uh -huh. How are you going to believe in the devil? 
But don't believe in God. That's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even in your automobile, that thing won't run unless you got a positive and a negative. That battery, positive or negative, that negative must be grounded to your body in order for that battery to work. There is God and there is Satan. Psalms 22, 26. Yeah, God keeps saying, y'all need to see this stuff. That's where we're going to bring it in. Psalms 22, 26. Psalms 22, 26. Psalms 22, 26. And isn't it amazing? It's just before Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. But the 26th verse says, The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. If you want to live forever, seek and praise the Lord. It's small, but it's powerful. If you want to live forever, if you want to be redeemed to heaven, he says, seek me and praise me. He said, because if you seek, you shall find. Seek me and praise me. He said, your heart will live forever. How powerful is that? It didn't say your heart will live while you're here on earth, but it said your heart will live forever. It's something about the word for and ever put together. Forever your heart will live. That comes right back to me saying the path that you should be on, abundant life, should be meaningful, purposeful, joyful, and what was the last one? Eternal. Your heart will live forever. Eternal. It's all connected. Your heart will live forever. When you seek him and praise him. Because when you seek him, you're not seeking stuff. You're not seeking stuff. You're not seeking stuff. You're not seeking somebody patting you on your back and making you feel good. You're not seeking somebody that you're not going through ego trips. You're not seeking stuff. See, it ain't always about being a value. Or for some of y'all, Walmart. And for some of y'all, that's kind of uppity, Target. It's Target for both of us. It ain't always about the stuff out there you can buy, but some of the stuff is right here on the inside. What is it you deal with that you feel less than? What is it? Self-esteem. It can be self-esteem. It can be you deal with certain things today. If you don't have that certain bull around you, you just don't feel like you're nothing. If you don't have a certain pair of shoes on, if it ain't Louis Vuitton, if you, you don't, if you ain't carrying that Gucci pocketbook, you don't feel like nothing. Don't let stuff, worldly riches. That's you right. see, God says this. It's all about the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are, blessed are the merciful. Whew. Glory be to God. Blessed are the meek. I see it. Mm -hmm. Glory be to God. Blessed, he says. Why did he say those 
blessings to the folk that are here on earth that you're going through something on your path. Because at the end of that scripture, he talks about it. I got to show you that one too. And I promise. Unless God says something for my right. But at the end of that scripture, he says, Great is your reward for worldly disadvantage. Great is going to be your reward. Because you go through stuff here on earth for his sake. He said, Great is your reward. Great is your reward. Because of worldly disadvantage. He said, I'm going to show you something eternal. Because he said, I'm going to my father's house. And I'm going to prepare something for you people. I'm going to prepare something for you in the book. In the Bible it says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. Your mind can't even conceive the things that God has planned for you. Amen. You can't even conceive it sitting here today. What God has set up for you. He said, I have a great reward for you. Yes, yes. And I've been asking about you, sister. Glory be to God. It's a blessing to see you in the house today. I mean, you've been on my mind. God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Glory. Glory be to God. What a mighty God we serve. Yes. You can't even conceive what God has for you. Open up your Bibles here in Matthew 5. I want you to read it. I want you to see it. Glory be to God. What a mighty God we said. What a mighty God we serve. And I'm going to get the whole thing here down to the 12th verse. And that's where we're going to bring it. Bless. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hung and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, blessed, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. Rejoice. And be exceedingly glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they per persecuted the prophets who were before you. Great is your reward. Can nobody take your reward from you? No devil in hell. Nobody you go home to. Nobody you sleep with. No job that you're working on. Can nobody take your reward? Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Hello, this is Pastor Mike. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope and pray that the Word of God truly enriches your life. In Jesus' name, amen.